Podcast listeners. What's up? This is episode 16. 16, I thought it was 15. Is it 15? No, I think you're right. Oh, yeah. Um, so we have a super exciting guest today. Her name is Rachel. She has had, I believe, two natural childbirths. Um, I know for sure one. Um, so we're super excited about that. But before we get started, we just want, you know, we like to do our fun little intros. I wanted to bring up some weird shit Brandon has done recently. (laughs) I bought him an $80 pair of brand new shoes, white, and he dyed them with gray writ dye. Because you can't have white shoes. I'm hard on shoes and they were like trashed in like six days of wearing them. So you gotta die. I'm a different color. I mean, I can't. If I'm gonna wear them to work, then they can't have been how they were. <laughs> That's not weird. <laughs> okay, I know it's not that weird, but what it really reminded me of, and I can't believe we didn't talk about it on the Weird Shit Brandon Does podcast, is the for Wendy's times when you spray painted your shoes. Oh, yeah. Fucking that was black. weird. That was just in direct defiance of them, like, Babe, wanting me to please, buy Please, can you just shoes. tell it really fast? No, tell the pants. Tell the pants. Tell the shoes. <laughs> please. Uh, please do it. All right. Anyway, the Wendy's uniform is black pants and black shoes, neither of which I had. And I didn't want to pay any money. We were poor. And I just didn't care enough about the job. That was the whole... That was the whole trick about the Wendy's job is that I went in completely apathetic. I didn't care if they fired me on day one, you know, and that was the power I had where everyone else was like, you know, in need of the job. And I was just like doing it kind of for fun, sort of. And uh, so I went to a thrift shop and found women's pants that like sort of fit me, but had the like weird pockets i don't know what they're doing with women's pockets why don't they just have regular pockets sometimes i have non-existent pockets yeah like it looks like a pocket but it's not a pocket it's like fucking fucking psych bitch you thought you could put your shit in here no you can't yeah like women don't have shit to put in pockets um anyway okay why were you you shopping in the women's section uh, i don't think they had the thrift shop i was at didn't have black pants in that fit me in the men's or something so i just figured what the hell i'll take a look so i got those for like four dollars or whatever they, they were, were huge yeah they, they were like a fat woman and you could pants. tell that they were women's <laughs> pants but i just didn't care anyway they were curvy and then i had some black basketball shoes from joel thomas shout out to joel thomas in spokane washington that gave me them he gave me them they were great shoes they fit me nicely but they had an orange strip around the bottom um and so he had the all black shoes and so i just went to walmart and got like a six dollar can of black spray paint and every morning i would just hit the outside strip of uh orange with black and you couldn't tell but what would happen is over the course of like two days it would start to flake off and you would be able to tell so i'd keep the can in my car 
And sometimes I'd be like, like running late or like running real close to time and have to like do it in the, like right outside of the Wendy's. I would have to hit it with spray paint and it would smell like spray paint. And then they started noticing and finally they, they started like catching on. Like, are you spray painting your shoes every day? <laughs> and then the manager guy, like he really was like, you need to buy black shoes. And I'm like, I'm not buying black shoes. <laughs> because it's like a lot of your money that you make. I mean, that's a yeah, huge percentage like 50, of your... at least dollars. Whatever, like $30. Yeah, $30 is a lot of money in Wendy's money. It's like a tank of gas. So anyway, that's my story about spray paint shoes. This is much more normal than that was. That was way weirder. Yeah. Anyway, another thing that's happening is we're finally... I know we've said this like six times, but the audio for, oh, when, we, for when we call people has been very spotty and we understand Matt that. Matt Todd said, quote, it is unlistenable. Yeah. And he, Fuck off, Matt no, Todd. No, the customer's I'm always right. I'm just kidding. Right. I actually have to say, at first I was like, fuck off, Matt Todd. You're not a dedicated listener because you didn't find a way to listen to our last, last podcast. <laughs> but... Most importantly, he really helped us figure this shit out. Yeah, so, so it's going to be a lot better this podcast. So Hopefully, I mean, fuck. Yeah, no kidding. Maybe by episode 20 we'll have this shit figured out, but like, no promises. Yeah. Like, audio stuff is actually really hard, guys. A thousand pardons for our previous audio blunders. It should be better. <sighs> it will be better now. We've spent like 400 plus dollars on this shit, so mm-hmm. like, y'all better be appreciating the cast. <laughs> All right. All right, all right, let's call Rachel. <clears throat> all right, we are recording. Hello, again, podcast listeners. We just recorded our intro. We actually have our guest on right now. Her name is Rachel. Rachel, do you want to give just kind of a quick intro of yourself? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel. Um, I... I am 24. I live in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I am a, I guess, serial entrepreneur. I have a bunch of businesses I run from my home and I have two kids. And uh, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you have your own podcast and it's about basically motherhood, um, natural childbirth, and all of that stuff. I listened to a few episodes because I just kind of wanted to know what was going on, but I tried not to listen to too many because I didn't want to like spoil anything for you yeah, coming yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, I don't know if you want to plug that. Yeah, I would love to. So um, I have a podcast that I do with my friend Alexa, and it's called Moms Out Loud. You can find us basically anywhere podcasts are. Uh, but we do predominantly talk about mom stuff, but we do have a decent amount of listeners that aren't moms. So we kind of just talk about whatever we feel like talking about and always kind of bring it back to mom stuff at the end of the day. So it's really fun. And, uh, yeah, cool. we like it. <laughs> so you have had two home births or natch, And then also before we actually get into that, <laughs> so I wanted to kind of know what constitutes a natural childbirth is it the same as a home birth kind of like give your definition as it were of like natural childbirth sure um so i've had two unmedicated births one in the hospital and one at my home mm-hmm. and um i guess what i would constitute is basically 
beginning to end, you don't have any sort of pain medicine. Mm -hmm. So um, I know some people get Pitocin and then they still have unmedicated birth. But I just um, from having experienced Pitocin after giving birth, I know it does alter things somewhat. Mm. So like obviously if someone had an unmedicated birth with Pitocin, it's totally still Right. natural like they still did it but um that did that can change things a little bit yeah. um but just in my case for me uh it was totally medicated from beginning to end nothing you know to yeah. it was just me just yes. doing doing it <laughs> so is the pitocin is that what induces people yes okay, okay. I see. it's like a hormone i think yeah um so basically pitocin just stimulates it's kind of weird. So it will stimulate contractions, but because your body didn't tr like tell your brain like, hey, you should be contracting, right. you don't get those like good hormones that actually mm. make birthing not mm. quite as hard. So it's like you're working almost against your body a little yeah, like a because I have, yeah. So I have I've had friends who've given birth with pitocin only, and um, versus just normal, and mm -hmm. I'm not normal, but nor versus unmedicated, and they say it was like a thousand times more painful. Oh wow! So I was like, "Hello, please do not give me that unless right. I really need it." You know, right. so right. yeah, um, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah um, so I was like, "Oh no, sorry, go ahead." Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what made you guys decide to do a natural childbirth? Um, I just always have wanted to see if I could do it. You know, mm -hmm. and I remember like when I was pregnant, I started just like researching a ton of stuff and I, you know, learned about like what's the side effects of epidural and this and that. Right. And I know some people who have like lifelong back pain because their epidural went kind of wonky or even like my mom, she um, she got epidural, but it only worked on like half her body. So it was still mm. super bad. But then she like couldn't walk after her. Yeah. <laughs> and oh just gosh. like. People get spinal, <laughs> spinal CSF leaks. Have you ever heard of those? Yeah. Where yeah. They, it's the, gnarly. The, the dura monitor doesn't really like heal down like it should. And they have people have life, lifelong problems from it's, you know, you're basically. Leaking like, spinal, leaking spinal fluid brain fluid. So either you get an epidural blood patch or it like spontaneously heals, but that's like a, that, I mean, I don't know how common that is, but, um, kind of scary. <laughs> you know? Well, I will say like complications with epidurals are more common than you think. Cause really? I like, like the, out of all the people I talk to, I mean, a surprising amount of people I know have done unmedicated births, which is so cool. But, um, yeah, a lot of people have some sort of pain left over from yeah. the epidural site or something like yeah. that. You know, sometimes like they draw blood accidentally when they're giving it, which is not good. Um, yeah. And so basically I was just like, well, <clears throat> I know I can do it probably, you know, like I know yeah. like, I'm physically capable of doing it if there's no complications. Um, it's just like, how hard is that going to be? <laughs> So, that's um, so but, brave yeah, it's so yeah. crazy but if you think I mean, I, when, I, when I started thinking about this I mean people have been doing natural childbirth for 10,000 yeah. years you know? yeah. Yeah. So. yeah yeah like people can do it it's just like for me I think unmedicated childbirth is so fascinating but I don't know if I could like I know I could do it but I don't know if I want to do it well, and see, it's one of those things where it's like, I think you have to do like whatever 
you're comfortable with, but it yeah. also makes me like a little bit sad because I, that's like the main thing I hear from people is like, oh, I could never do that. And I'm like, you totally could. Like you have all this like deep woman power that you don't know yeah. that you're not harnessing. And like, you don't, uh, I don't know. I, it's honestly just like, so cool. Yeah. Like it's the coolest. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't know. I just feel like it's like, I've never felt so like in tune with my body and like as powerful as like bringing someone in yeah. to the world oh, and like so fully cool. like like uh, using awesome. like harnessing the power like of like the hard parts of it to like bring baby closer to the world yeah. is really really cool yeah oh, that's so, so cool that is cool it's just kind of yeah. yeah it's definitely badass uh <laughs> so um give us kind of like the quick synopsis well it's, it doesn't have to be quick of both of your natural childbirth yeah it's and cool then, because you said you did yeah. one in the hospital right and then one yeah at home you at home so maybe mm-hmm. like a little compare and contrast action yeah would be interesting too okay um so i guess i'll kind of, i'll just go through my first one first because that yeah. makes more sense yeah um so i always well from the time i was pregnant thought i wanted to do an unmedicated birth um so i really kind of planned for that And I wanted to do it in a birthing center, but Mm -hmm. the only one near me that accepted my insurance was two hours away. And they would only see me for my birth if I went there for every pre like Mm. prenatal appointment, which means four hours in the car forever. Um, Yeah. And then however long the appointment is. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I don't think I really want to do that. So I started looking into other options and um, with, I have military insurance. So, mm. um, the military hospital near me, people were like, do not go there. Like give birth on the yeah. side of the street before you go there. <laughs> it's so bad. So I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe not there. <laughs> um, and I started like looking into home birth, but I was like super weirded out by them. I was like only like super weird backwoods hippies right. give birth at home. Right. That's like so weird. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. I just like started what this is so weird I guess but I started watching videos of like home births yeah to see like if it was weird or what it was about to do yeah and I was like that is awesome like it looked so so awesome so I actually knew a couple of people who had already had home births Mm -hmm. and I started like talking to them about it and being like hey like will you tell me more about it and of course I started to get like super into it because they like, they seemed like obsessed with their birth experiences. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like I want that. Um, because I've photographed births before, like in the hospital. Oh, you have? oh yeah, I have. Um, That's cool. And it's, it's super cool. I love photographing births, but, um, the photos like at the hospital versus like the photos at home, mm-hmm. like I just, the vibes are very different. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I started to do a bunch of research and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to do a home birth. Um, but I couldn't find a good home birth midwife and I wanted to use a CNM, which is a certified nurse midwife, mm. which basically means it's like a nurse practitioner who then goes to midwifery school after right. she's mm-hmm. already a nurse practitioner. Yeah. Cool. And they come to your house with like literally everything that would be in a hospital room mm. is in your home with you. Um, they can even, you know, give like if you hemorrhage, they can give you blood. If you tear, oh, wow. they can suture you, yeah, all that kind geez. of stuff. Yeah, there you go. So I um, decided to go with that, with a CNM, because I felt most comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found someone local to me, and she was so, she's exactly what I pictured. And I 
will love her forever because she just like had no brawl and just like long gray hair just like the epitome (laughs) of like a hippie woman and lived in like a cabin in the woods (laughs) and I went um I actually did side-by-side care so I went to the naval hospital for partial prenatal care and then I switched to her and kind of did both for a little while Mm -hmm. while I was still like making sure that I was sure. Mm -hmm. And then once I was um, in my third trimester, I switched full time to her. So anyways, long story short about that part, uh, Mm -hmm. I go into labor. um, Well, my water breaks pretty early in the morning. And I called her to just let her know. And so she said, Okay, just like put a pad on. um, And we will send one of the birth assistants over. So they sent a birth assistant over and that took a little while. Um, but we were just like so excited. So Luke and I were like getting the bed ready, like getting the um, pool ready in the living room, all that kind of stuff. I was um, just, I don't know, when you're like in labor, it's very exciting. At least for me, I always <laughs> yeah. get like so yeah. excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is happening yeah. and we're going to like meet our baby today. And yeah. that's like so, so cool. So um her name was Jericho, the birth assistant. So she came over and she checked my fluids and she said, um, your fluids look a little dark. And I was like, well, yeah, it's been two hours. They colors can change in the air. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. of fluids, but, Mm -hmm. um, they were like, well, just to be sure, like we're going to send pictures to, um, Olivia. That was my midwife's name. And Olivia was actually out of town. (laughs) So, which like is so crappy she was actually at like a woman's rally and like oh my gosh a difference like up in a different town like a couple hours away yeah and so they she so since she was out of town and my fluids looked dark which means there could be meconium in the fluids mm. and really the issue late. how late were you like late for your due date or anything? i was on my due date okay it was my due date which is so crazy yeah um basically <laughs> because there is meconium in the fluid what could happen with that is when baby is born baby could aspirate on the meconium uh when they're being born um and meconium means uh poop if people don't know that yeah i I actually (laughs) didn't know i actually didn't know that them first poops they're nasty yeah yeah they're tarry so um (laughs) they just wanted to play it safe and they were like let's just go take you in and um we'll just see what they say but this so this is when i got like kind of tough with them because I said if I if I go and they say I'm fine can I come home right and they said well like uh, like when you go into a hospital and you're in labor they won't let you leave like once you're there they're not letting you leave their doors Mm. and I'm like but like what if I'm fine why can't I leave you know so I was really struggling with that and they were just like hey like we know this is what you want but at the end of the day, we want healthy mom, healthy baby. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I packed, like I had like a little like side emergency bag ready mm-hmm. um, and just like threw the last couple of things in there. And it wasn't emergen- an emergency or anything. It was just like they didn't want me to get birth at home because of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we took our time. Like Luke made me breakfast and I went, I drove far. I drove like an hour and a half away to like a really good hospital because mm-hmm. it wasn't an emergency. And like on the ride there, I just like had a good cry and I was like, all right, you're not getting what you want. Like this isn't going how you wanted it to go, but that's okay because you're going to go to the hospital and it can be 
as close to as what you want there too, hopefully, and um, baby's going to come and be self, safe and healthy, and that's what you want. So, yeah. We got to the hospital. We transferred to the hospital, and um, it was, I don't know, so big picture, it was as close to what I thought I could have gotten at the hospital. Like, I got what I want wanted, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm. But um, with my second experience, I can look back and see a lot of things that, like, really bothered me. <laughs> At so, the hospital, yeah. What, so, you like, mean for, with your second experience, you can look back at your first one and see things that bothered you. Is that what you meant? Yeah. No, so, okay. well, there, of course, there were things that initially bothered me, but mm-hmm. um, I, I also think like I knew I was going to like relinquish a lot of the things I had wanted, and like um, because hospitals have a lot of rules, right. <laughs> so, right. Um, which I like for some reason, like certain reasons that makes so much sense. And I'm so thankful for that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if for some reason I would have had to have an emergency cesarean, mm-hmm. obviously yeah. I would be thankful for the right. surgeon right. and for their ability right. to do yeah. that. Yeah. But, um, since I was like super healthy, everything was fine and my, everything was good. It was a little bit of a, a hard thing for me to relinquish mm-hmm. some of the mm-hmm. things that I had imagined it to be. Um, like I, I um, I'm very good at being my own advocate. Thank goodness. Yeah, but... that's super important with healthcare yeah, for all sure. Healthcare, we talk about that all the time. It's you. You have to be your own advocate, or you're oh not my gosh, the best care. Even if you're yeah. like advocating for yourself, sometimes they still don't listen, yeah. and you have to be like, "No, I'm gonna be a bitch right now." Westernized, you know, it sucks. You know, obviously, this high-level medical care—you really, you have to know yeah. what you're talking about to get the best care. Yeah, and I work in a hospital, so I see this literally all the time, and I'm just like, oh god, like this patient does not want this, you know. And then the yeah. nurses are coming in and trying to convince them, yeah. and I'm like, dude, I'm not—I don't feel comfortable convincing someone to get an X-ray if they don't fucking want an X-ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's it's actually super sad because I've had so many friends who have had really bad experiences simply because they're not good at advocating for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I, scary. Ugh, yeah. So many of my family members, like close family members, are in the medical field. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like feel like I am comfortable being like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When people you know are like, no, listen, it's your decision. I feel yeah. like that totally changes, but a lot of people, uh, when they come into the ER, I'm like, listen, it's up to you. Like you make the medical decisions and a lot of people don't know that they can refuse care. Right. Yeah. yeah. It actually makes me sad because I have a lot of people who, um, kind of put like their healthcare professionals on this like pedestal mm-hmm. where it's like, they won't even ask them questions. And I'm like, no, yeah. like they do work for you mm-hmm. and you're allowed yeah, exactly. to ask questions. Like, please ask them yeah, questions, you, you know? And the way yeah. healthcare is like, hopefully moving. I mean, they say that it's moving that way. It's slow process, but I think that it's the patient, uh, doctor, provider communication like it's not just one sided it's back and forth to find the best care and so like yeah. actually it's great to ask questions and to tell concerns and stuff and like that's how you're going to go going to get the best care and like better the healthcare system altogether yeah Oh, I couldn't agree more. I can I could talk about that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But so I'm checked into the hospital and so first you go to triage. Um and my triage nurse was very um 
she was rough around the edges. Um, <laughs> but so it was hard because my my birth assistant was with me, not my midwife. She was driving back into <laughs> town to the hospital. And my birth assistant, she was so timid, but she had my full chart like on an iPad there with her. And so the nurse like refused to speak to her to get like the information of my care. And I'm like laboring. Okay. And she's oh like, gosh. the birth assistant, she'll ask me a question. The birth assistant won't answer it. And she won't acknowledge my oh, birth assistant. She'll just keep asking me. And I'm like, lady, Dude. no, stop talking to me. <laughs> I'm like a little busy, but sure. Yeah. Let's talk about all this, even though she's the one with the answers. Right. Um, and the one thing that really bothered me um, in particular was, uh, she came in and obviously I'm in a hospital gown and the doc, she's like, the doctor's going to come check and see where you are soon. And I was like, okay, great. And so she like spread my legs, brought a light down onto my crotch and then left. So I'm like, Oh, Oh, sure. I'll just sit with my vagina in the wind yeah. until the doctor's available. <laughs> and, uh, and she didn't like reason... tell you like, this is what I'm going to do or anything. And like, no, she just like, I have it. It's like, I know they're used to it. So they kind of yeah, get like a right. little bit desensitized sometimes, yes. but I like, I'm like, I care about my modesty a little. Dude, and I know I'm people are going to see my vagina all day long, but I don't like, I don't know. Give me some like dignity as a human, yes. please. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that was, that was a little rough. I see shit like that doctor, all the time. It kills me. I'm like, <laughs> it sucks. It this sucks is a so human. bad. Yeah, I've had a lot of experiences like that, specifically like with um, military hospitals. And mm -hmm. I'm like, guys, I know you guys are all learning here, but like, I'm a human. Please mm -hmm. remember, I'm a human. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but um, I had the on-call doctor because obviously I'd never been to that hospital before. Um, but he was wonderful. He was like a first year, um, I don't know, resident maybe, but he was, so he was new. Mm -hmm. But he was so, so sweet, very like, open to like hearing what my birth plan was and all that kind of stuff. And they transferred me to uh, my birthing room, which was really big and nice. And my nurse was also brand new and she was very sweet, but I think she was slightly intimidated with the amount of people I had with me mm. because I had, I ended up having both birth assistants with me and then eventually the midwife. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just be like, because they were my birth team. I paid for them out of pocket. So they were coming mm. with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Especially if, in, if you had to be in a hospital, you're like, y'all better be there. Yeah. I was like, uh, since I'm not getting my money back, you're watching me give birth. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they were just like trying to help me and stuff. And she's like, there was a few times where she was like, you like, you're in our care and you need to listen to us. And I was like, I, don't disagree with you but we don't need to be fighting here yeah. you know what i mean yeah um so that was just slightly uncomfortable but like otherwise like it was pretty good i just um hung out joked a lot in my room and they were like you know you're, you're not really picking up so when my nurse would leave i would like sneak a bunch of snacks and um <laughs> my birth assistants were like, you need to get up and walk because if you don't get moving, they're going to start forcing some stuff on you. Yeah. 
because the doctor was like, we want to start you on Pitocin. And I was like, no, thank you. Because yeah. that's, that's what I always say because I feel like it's the least like aggressive yeah. thing. And, and they don't usually get that mad. I'm like, oh, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, all right, well, if you don't take up, like we're going to want to. And I'm like, okay, can we talk about that in a little then if we need to? Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, and he's just like, yeah, okay, like we'll talk about it in a little bit. So I went for a walk and um, – Luke and I just walked around like the circle of the maternity ward mm-hmm. and that really made things pick up fast. And, uh, I had to stop and like labor on him, <laughs> like in the hallway. So we went back to the room and, um, yeah. usually when you start getting into active labor, your body will empty itself out. <laughs> so, yeah. um, that's a pretty good sign that you're getting to be in active labor. And, uh, I, Oh, I forgot to mention when they checked me in triage, I was at a four. Okay. So if that's important, if anybody cares. Oh, I, but... I like to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah. the, the idea about walking around is like using a gravity assist type of thing. Basically. Yeah. Like movement. Just, yeah. just getting things moving. Correct. Yep. Okay. And move baby down. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah. And it works. <laughs> it <Yeah>. definitely works. <laughs> right. And you don't see any, so... really, do you see any of that in like, would they do that? Had you not done that yourself? Is that a common practice that you know of? Like, are you saying in the hospital? Right, in the hospital. Uh, Let's say in a hospital. I think so. I think people, yeah. So, yeah, even my friends who've had, like, epidurals and have done, like, like the most medical intervention possible, Mm -hmm. like, they love that, they usually still walk because... But also most people are induced at that point and have their membrane stripped and their water broken for them and all that kind right, of stuff. Right, okay. And my water had, I let my water break naturally and I said, please don't give me anything if I don't have to have it. Right. So, and um, sometimes they do like a bouncy ball too, right? Yeah. I had a birthing ball at home. They didn't have anything like that in the room for mm-hmm. me, but um, I actually, I felt most comfortable on my side for some reason. Mm-hmm. So labor picked up really fast and they, um, moved me back into the bed and, um, I was laying on my side and it really helped me to have counter pressure on my lower back. Mm-hmm. And, um, this was really difficult because I didn't, I didn't hire a doula, which, um, I did with my second mm. and my midwife wasn't there. So the person who was most experienced and who definitely would have helped me the most was not there. Um, And so I was just um, laboring in my head. So I tried what was called hypnobirthing Mm -hmm. for my first. I did not do that with my second. Mm. And basically you're like in your mind and you like can talk to yourself through like the, you know, the pain or whatever. And in my own head, I was like in hell. So Mm -hmm. I was silent on the outside, but I was dying like in my brain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just remember like, them like helping me like with the counter pressure and when a when a contraction would come on I would like get really quiet and go into my head and I was very conscious of like not squeezing Luke's hands too hard or anything like that which is like so dumb like rip someone's hands off when you're in labor it's fine but (laughs) I just remember just like dying in my own head and then um when I'd come out of it I would like be kind of bewildered and uh it started to get really really bad to the point where i told luke like you're getting the medicine for me and he's like we had a talk before and you said don't let you get the medicine and i said i don't give a rat's ass what i said before you're going and getting it right now like you're doing it right now and 
he like like my my birth assistants were like are you sure like you can do it and i was like shut up go get the nurse right now like (laughs) so luke goes and gets it and he it was really hard for him because he knew what i wanted and he was trying to like get me what i wanted yeah but also he's seeing me be in pain and also Mm -hmm. doesn't isn't like yeah like screw you you can be in pain so he went and get the got the nurse and she's like okay we're gonna start you on a bag of fluid and when and then we'll call up to the anesthesiologist, but you have to have like half a bag of fluid at least before they'll do it. And it might take them a while. Right. And I was like, just I don't like care what you're saying. Just, like just do it. Just like I yes. saline. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Just to make sure you're nice and hydrated right. with okay. the okay. anesthesiologist. Right. So I didn't care. I was like, just do whatever you have to do. Um, because I, it was, I was really fighting it. I was fighting against what my body was doing. So I would tense up really bad mm-hmm. and then it started to get to the point where like I I can't talk or well, well with my first I couldn't talk at all during contractions because mm-hmm. I would just be like dying in my own brain mm-hmm. and then I would just like at the very end like scream and it was horrifying like I think I was like high-pitched screaming <laughs> and I asked Luke I'm like was I just like high-pitched screaming like was it horrifying and he was like no like it really it wasn't bad like you screamed but it wasn't bad but I just remember it differently okay <laughs> like I remember screaming like I was dying mm-hmm. and I remember like I had socks on and then I got really hot because, like, um, you know how sometimes, like, when you're almost going to faint, you get, like, really hot and yes, then really clammy? Yes, yeah. 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 So it felt like that. And I just couldn't talk. But I just screamed out, like, socks. Like, that's the only thing I could muster. <laughs> I was just like, socks. And they were like, oh, okay. She wants us to take her socks off. <laughs> um, and then the doctor comes in and um, he wait, did the doctor check me again? I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, he did. He checked me and I was at a five. And that's why I was like, F this, get the medicine. Oh, I'm at a five. Like, yeah, I'm especially going from a four, from a four to, a to a five. five. You're like, oh, shit. This is, like, this is that's centimeters dilated, right? A phase three. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Five centimeters. And, and then you so have to be was, 10. Yeah. Is yeah. 10 is yep. the, okay. okay. Yes. Um, but in retrospect, I didn't realize that I was progressing ridiculously fast, which is why it was so hard to manage. Oh. The pain, because most people labor for like 10 hours or Mm -hmm. something. My total labor, like from water breaking till birth was five hours. So that's pretty fast. Wow. That's really fast. Yeah. Um, So the anesthesiologist gets there. The doctor checks me. They make me get onto my back at this point because they don't really let you birth in other positions at the hospital, which is very unfortunate. Um, Because when you're on your back, your pelvis is like tilting the wrong way. Like it's not helping baby come down. It's anterior tilted. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it's more painful like that. Yeah. So it's more painful. And I've researched like the history of that. And Mm -hmm. it's because when they started like, you know, when birthing went from midwives to surgeons, mm-hmm. um, they basically were like, what's a comfortable way for the surgeon to birth the baby? <laughs> mm, oh my gosh. And yeah. so it's definitely not like made with like the woman's best yeah. entrance, um, which is so unfortunate because like truly the best way to bring baby down is like not on your back. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not on yeah. your back. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe in a squatting position. I would say like on yeah. blocks. Maybe yeah. Like squatting. Standing. All fours, leaning over, just whatever feels comfortable. Because, I mean, some, every woman births differently um, when you're given the opportunity to Mm -hmm. do so. And everybody's anatomy is different, but yeah, definitely not ideal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it makes me actually super mad. But anyways, (laughs) um, 
the doctor comes in with the anesthesiologist and they're like, oh, okay, like you're at a nine. And the anesthesiologist is like, oh, let's do a really quick one. And I'm like, yeah, I did it all already, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Wow. So, you went from um, a five to a nine that fast? Like in like minutes. It was oh insane. I, which is why insane. I was dying because I <laughs> yeah. was just like, oh. And then the doctor had to go do something. And while I was finishing laboring till it's 10 um, and my midwife gets there just when I'm a nine <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, when you, I don't, can't think of the proper term for it, but when you're close to um, needing to push mm-hmm. and you're unmedicated, your body will naturally start pushing. You'll feel it. And yeah. your body basically tells you, oh, I was you're pushing wondering that if that would happen. <laughs> I like always wondered about that. Yeah. Because the baby's going to come so out. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. There's um, some people, I can't think of the name, but there's this thing that you can do where basically you don't push at all and your body will do all the work mm-hmm. for you. Interesting. But you have to be uh, very patient and I am not. So. Yeah, like I've heard like people in comas can even, like their body just takes over and they just do it. Like the yeah. baby will yeah. come out. It's, it's, yeah, it's, kind of it's amazing. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of definitely unconscious processes in your body that we're not aware of you know yeah yeah so maybe if you're medicated it prevents that from happening i was thinking is if you if you numb all that stuff i wonder if some of those signals are interrupted or changed on the way to the brain or back you know i -hmm. almost like guarantee it because it makes me so sad when people are like i pushed for three hours i'm like what right there's no reason you should have been pushing for three hours that's way too long and it's exhausting think about opiates let's say you know if you you take an opiate your gut motility which is a completely unconscious process that moves you know all these nutrients through your through your gut completely turns off to zero and that's why you get constipated on opiates And, And like, stimulants, you know, like coffee. Right, same It makes you really need to go. Right, on the other side, yeah. (laughs) So all these things are definitely having cascade effects on your physiology. Yeah, that's interesting. Super interesting. It's it's so, it's wild, honestly. It's honestly, like, pain aside, that's a very cool feeling for Mm -hmm. your body just to kind of take over and be like, okay, time to birth your baby. You ready? (laughs) Um, And so my body was naturally pushing and the nurse was like, you need to stop pushing. The doctor's not here. And I'm like, what does that mean? Because I am not like, I am not doing this. And so this was actually the most painful part. Um, they told me, they were like forcing me. They're like, you will stop pushing. Like you are not allowed to push until the doctor is here. And my midwife was there. And so she definitely wanted to fight them, but she didn't thank goodness. And so what she had to do was help me do like reverse breathing to hold baby in which is horrible. You shouldn't Dude, have to hold your baby in. It's so disgusting. Shitty. Yeah. It's very bad. I'm still bummed about it. <laughs> um, but basically, yeah, I had to do like, it's so when you're trying to bring baby down, you breathe very low and guttural mm-hmm. and you almost kind of make like animal noises where you're like, like low, like, uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're keeping, trying to keep baby in, you make high noises. Um, and so she was having me do like really high breathing noises, like to suck baby in. Uh, and yeah, that was super terrible and messed up. I should not have had to do that. And you um, said that was pretty painful. That was pretty painful because yeah. I was fighting my body. Right. <laughs> my body yeah. was like, you're giving birth. And then I'm like, um, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> so doctor comes in and he's like, oh yeah, you're definitely giving birth. And I'm like, oh no crap. I think I am too. <laughs> and, uh, so they let me start pushing. 
and he uh, is born in eight minutes of pushing. Wow. Then, yeah, just because I tried to like in between contractions, you like I like to take breaks, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I don't just like bear down for eight minutes straight. Right. That would be insane. It's um, probably not healthy either. I mean, no, yeah. no. <laughs> it's not the honestly the best way you can birth baby is slowly so that you keep your um tissues intact mm-hmm. the slower the better right. mm-hmm. um and a lot of the times they don't like teach you how to push correctly they're like oh it's like taking a big poop and it's like not really yeah. honestly <laughs> because if you do that you're gonna bear down so hard that right. baby flies out and tears yeah. and mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened to me is mm-hmm. baby flew out head and body whole thing in one Whoa. push <laughs> and um so I had a little bit of tearing, uh, just like first degree. Um, mm-hmm. So nothing horrible or anything, thank goodness, but still not awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, baby was born and I'm trying to think. It was also fast at that point. So then they immediately gave me Pitocin without my permission, which oh, I'm oh a little God. bit bummed about. Um, because like allowed? Pit- Can they do that? Well, I get they sure did, so I guess so. <laughs> Is that for like the placenta? Yeah. So they wanted your so it's so honestly, so dumb. Because they're like, Oh, you needed Pitocin to um make contractions to birth your placenta, but your body is actually so smart, believe it or not. Right. It'll <laughs> and it will push out properly. Yeah. So what makes your placenta be born and like your uterus start contracting and go back to the normal size is nursing. So as soon as baby latches, it starts triggering contractions again, and it helps you to birth placenta and your uterus shrink back down. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that so cool? Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. So I'm not surprised, you know, I'm not having like, you know. Yeah. Like this has happened for millions of years. That's what our bodies do. There's so many other types of things like that too, where it just knows, it just knows what to do. It's very cool. You can go into but a cold Pitocin. Oh, sorry. Oh, go sorry. Go ahead. No, no please. You go into a cold weather environment, and if you're like freezing to death, all yeah. of your blood leaves your extremities and goes to your vital organs and your heart and your brain because it's like we're freezing to death, and the arms don't matter as much as the liver and heart and brain. That's amazing. It just does it. Like, it just yeah. Knows, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's so. It's very cool. Like it. It makes you realize just how like intricate we are you know super so cool um but so they gave me that and I didn't realize it (laughs) so but it started to be like super painful Mm -hmm. and then later Luke was like yeah they gave you something and I was like why didn't you yell at (laughs) you know what I mean um they just like switched out my IV fluid for Pitocin and didn't say anything I didn't really realize it um but I wanted to do delayed cord clamping and immediate skin to skin. Mm -hmm. So they gave me baby right away and they actually almost the poor doctor. So he was brand new and my midwife has been doing this for like ever. She actually used to work at that hospital when she was young. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the people there know her. She Mm. has, you know, she does helps with births there, but because he was new, he didn't know her. Um, And he immediately goes to clamp the cord because it's like muscle memory from school. Right. right? right, right. And so she is literally like yelling, like, do not do that. (laughs) And he's like, you can just see him like freeze where he's like, Oh shoot. Like, that's right. I wasn't, they asked me not to do that. Like, Oh, okay. And then, um, they wanted to, I birthed the placenta easy peasy and they wanted to do a sweep, which means they like 
put their hand in there and sweep through your uterus mm-hmm. to make sure no extra tissue is left. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to do that because that sounds horrible. Yeah. Um, From the and placental so, detachment, like making sure there's no remnants of the placenta? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because um, if there is some left in there, you can get an infection. But right. you can also just like check that the placenta is intact by like looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, as much as I would love your whole arm in my uterus. I think I'm going to pass on that one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, they just gave me baby right away and they do what's called, well, in, at least in my opinion, in nicer hospitals, <laughs> they do what's called golden hours. So they give you baby for an hour and they just let you nurse baby and get to know baby for an hour before they come back and do all the extra stuff like mm-hmm. weigh baby and all that. So yeah. yeah, we got a golden hour and, um, Oh, my favorite part. I almost forgot. So I don't like to find out the genders of my baby because I just think it's fun to wait. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I and... do that. I would love to do that. But like, I'm so, I gotta know. No, but okay. Not lying. Like this was like the best moment of my life. Really? So I know that sounds really dramatic, but I wanted to be dramatic because it was so special. Yeah. Um. So he was born. They gave him to me. We're all like, oh, baby, that's cool. You know, all that stuff. And um, we forgot to even, like, check what the baby's gender was because, like, in the moment, you're like, oh, my gosh, yay, a baby. And you're loving it, hugging it. And I'm like, I did it. I I did it the whole way, you know. That was so amazing. And uh, I forget that I – I'm like, oh, everybody already saw, but they just aren't telling me. Like, I assumed I'm the last to see. Mm -hmm. So I look, and I'm like, it's a boy. And everybody, like, looks at me because they hadn't noticed, and Mm -hmm. I got to announce – his gender like <laughs> I was the first person to realize I was the first person to notice and we all just cried and you know doted on the baby so that was really really cool so, um that's so sweet. yeah and recovery like with um unmedicated birth is like pretty easy peasy um mm-hmm. like I was up and walking around like right after that hour with him really and, yeah <laughs> and then I transferred to my um hospital room and I had like the greatest like I don't know what they're called the nurses that work with you after I can't think of the name right now but um they were nice anyways they were so nice like um they don't usually let you co-sleep in hospitals because hospitals are liable if you do Mm -hmm. and they want you to put baby like in this little like hard bassinet immediately Mm -hmm. it's like hello you spent nine uh, months in my womb but now go sleep in a box by yourself um so she was like uh, yeah, well, you're not allowed to co-sleep, but I do, so I don't care. Just, like, don't tell the nurse tomorrow, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I got to just, like, hold baby, and Luke and I just took turns, like, sleeping and holding baby, and that was really nice oh. because they just you, they just don't want you to hold the baby at night that much in case you fall asleep, which mm-hmm. makes sense. But, um, and, uh, yeah, I asked to check out after 24 hours. Usually they like to hold you for two days. Yeah, that's what I was going to um, ask if they made you stay for a few days. No, they said uh, you can leave after he has all his newborn screenings. So we got all his newborn screenings done, all that kind of stuff, and made sure he was safe and good to go. And mm-hmm. we went home. And so that was birth number one, and it was really awesome. There you go. Um, but the like immediately after, I said, I am never doing that again. I'm never having another baby. That was so bad. Like, I, it was so bad. Yeah. And I was like, honestly, it was crazy because it was like I was thankful I'd been able to do it. And, um, but it was very intense and I was like, it it wasn't supposed to be like that. Like 
I wasn't supposed to scream like that. I wasn't supposed to have to like mm-hmm. advocate for myself so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving out lots of details, but yeah. I don't need to talk about all the ways I fought with people. <laughs> well, also um, like, like you were saying, like when you're birthing, that's not really something you want. Like you don't want people to be asking you questions. You kind of want to be like peaceful like that. I imagine would make a better birth experience is to be like, no, fuck off. Like I'm yeah, doing my thing. No, it's so true. It's Even so in, like true. being in the car, you know, the car ride there, like all of that stuff. Yeah. I keep, the, I keep, like when you were talking about like how intense that stuff was, the only thing I can really compare it to is like a cage fight, which I have pretty significant experience with but you don't have excruciating pain right yeah actually minus the excruciating pain yeah it's not a part of it but even without that pain if i was in the middle of a fight and someone was asking me questions from the outside of the cage (laughs) there's no way i would be like ah stop talking (laughs) you know like you're trying to like solve this really complex puzzle and there's and you're terrified yeah and the only thing i can compare it to is like getting a tattoo like it's a pain that it's not like that bad, but you kind of have to go into like a different mind space right, a little yeah, bit yeah, if it's yeah. like going to be hours long. And I, yeah. my mom had come with me one time and she's just like talking to me. I'm like, I can't talk. Like, I just need to like zone, yeah. you know? Yes. Yeah. Because I've had tattoos, but only small ones mm-hmm. and they were like not a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think my worst pain outside of childbirthing was uh, getting some piercings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah that was so bad and i don't i don't know it's still it's still just its own realm because Mm -hmm. it is a your body is doing something so intense and then you have to like be like hey buddy my brain like can you help me out and like help me not die and all Mm -hmm. this it's just like it's very intense but i'm very thankful for my first birthing experience because it made me know everything I needed to be different with the second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. You don't do uh, that, yeah. yeah. And um, for the longest time, I didn't ever want to have another baby. Like I wasn't even open to the idea of discussing it until my first son was like a year and a half old. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm like, okay with maybe talking about having a second. Mm-hmm. And I asked like a ton of friends, like when the heck do you know you were ready for a second? And they're like, if you're even open to it, you're ready. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that from other people, too, who have uh, more than one baby. Like, immediately after, they're like, I never want to do that again. But then I feel like your brain kind of tricks you into being like, bitch, let's have another one. (laughs) Well, okay, this is the thing that's so amazing about the brain. Because, like, the brain protects you, Mm -hmm. which is, like, from all types of trauma. Um, But you can't remember pain. So, like, you can remember, oh, this hurt and that was bad. But mm-hmm. I can't step back and feel that moment, right. you know? Right. That, yeah, um, that's a good point. Yeah, it's true. Which is so amazing because if I could, no way. No freaking <laughs> way. No freaking way. <laughs> but um, with my second, I decided to have a home birth again and I wanted to try again. And I actually went with a CPM this time because that's all we have in this area, which is just like um, the traditional midwife who goes right. to like midwifery school mm-hmm. for like a whole lot of years and then does it for a bunch of years and then comes to your house. So, um, so I did that and she was super dope. And, uh, I kind of just gave them a heads up like, Hey, I'm going to die in my head. I need you to talk to me. Um, talk to me. If I'm not talking, it's because like I need help. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
I kind of just figured out everything I wanted to be different. And I just did everything I could to make sure I was mentally prepared, physically prepared for laboring again. Mm -hmm. And then um, with this one, with my second, uh, I started to go into labor a week late um, because they won't let you have a home birth past 42 weeks. So I was getting a little nervous. I was like, all right, we're at a 41 weeks now and yeah. I'm tr- not trying to go back to a hospital if mm-hmm. I don't have to, especially not during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. um, my, yeah, I just started to have, you know, I've had contractions for like a week. I had pretty bad predominal labor, which means you have, um, what seems like you're having contractions that are going to make you labor for like mm-hmm. a few weeks the Braxton Hicks leading up. Contractions, Braxton right? Hicks, right? Well, predominal labor is like worse than Braxton oh, Hicks. Okay. <laughs> okay. because there was like a few times where my contractions were like five minutes apart. And I was like, I need to go to the hospital probably. <laughs> right. And I'd like text my midwife and she was like, just see if they progress. And if they die off, then, you know, and I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and they always died off. So, uh, yeah, I woke up, had contractions start progressing, and they were like, you know, really progressing, not dying off. So I was like, okay, guess this is the real deal. Called over the birth team. I had a birth photographer, a midwife, obviously, a midwife's assistant, like a midwife in training, mm-hmm. and a doula this time. <clears throat> and um, I called them, and they were like, cool, we will come over whenever you want. So we like set up the birthing tub and made sure the bed was ready and did all that stuff, made sure I ate some food. And then I got like wickedly ill, <laughs> like, like throwing um, up. my, yeah, my body started to totally like need to empty itself out. So I was just like on the toilet with a trash can. It was mm. horrible. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm just like in labor and just like emptying out. And that's just your body like preparing mm. for labor which is insane. Um, but thank goodness, then you don't have to get enemas. So that's a plus. Um, cause they used to do that. <laughs> Sorry. That was really random, but <laughs> no, you're good. No, good. We no, have to perfect is... those at work all the time. Uh, also I have another quick question. Did they oh my gosh, bring... please. Did so it's because it's not an NMC or the, the nurse midwife, um, yeah. did they also have like blood on hand here. Could they also give you blood in the second birth? So no. So this is the main difference is like CNMs are obviously the nurse midwife. So they come with everything. Mm -hmm. CPMs do not like they can't prescribe medicine. So they can't like legally administer medicine. Um, Yeah, I don't want to say anything that will make my midwife (laughs) get in trouble. (laughs) Um, But basically, yeah um they have like everything they need to be able to make sure baby's safe and healthy um and they have a phone to call ambulances (laughs) if they need it you know what i mean um so they like check your blood check your blood pressure do all that kind of stuff listen to baby the whole time and all that jazz but yeah um so some people just don't feel comfortable with that uh but since it was my second and i knew i could do it i knew how my Mm -hmm. labors kind of went i felt comfortable with that especially because um there was no CPMs or no CNMs near me right. like at all that would do home birth. Yeah. 
so it was either hospital yeah, or CPM. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, or uh, I could have chose to free birth, but I really think that's dumb. Is that like by yourself? Like just straight up free birth? Like yeah, I have a yeah, I have a few friends who've done that where you what? just like give birth at home oh with your husband. God. That's yeah. terrifying. But my thing is. I don't know. Like I paid a lot of money out of pocket for both of my midwives mm-hmm. um, because insurance, at least my insurance does not cover right. anything that's out of hospital. Yeah. Probably most don't. I bet most don't. <sighs> yeah. Well, most are starting actually. Oh. Military insurance is just, you know, it's military insurance. <laughs> <You're right>. So <laughs> um, I love it, but you know, they, they're, you know, they have their rules. Yeah. <laughs> so um what the heck was I saying? I don't even remember. I'm so sorry. No, I'm like, uh, I think you were like preparing the tub. Oh, you were vomiting and such. Vomiting oh, that's right. Tub. I was vomiting. That's correct. Great. <laughs> so I was, I was like, wow, I'm definitely in labor. And uh, my mom was there to hang out with Roland, my first, because um, I just, I don't like to have a lot of people near me when I'm birth. I'm yeah, really like, private I can't imagine about that it. Yeah, that would be. Uh... That would be good with so many people around. I wouldn't like that. Yeah, I just like, I like doing it by myself. It's like a very private thing to give Mm -hmm. birth. And I don't want like a freaking gallery of people. That's just not my thing. So she was there to kind of like hang out with him and entertain him. And then if I got too loud to take him out of the house. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, we set everything up. My midwives get there and I am back in my room laboring at this point because, um, I would, I didn't, I had previously gotten stage fright, like basically where labor had stopped mm-hmm. because I felt like too many people were looking at me. I know that's so random. No. Yeah, but, but you have to feel comfortable. understand that. Yes. So it's actually super interesting. Um, there's a very famous midwife. Her name's Ina Mae Gasket. Mm-hmm. And she had, she says this like thing where she's like, your, sph- your sphincter is shy. <laughs> so, um, which is, it's so funny, but also so true because yeah. if you're feeling like comfortable and safe and like the vibes feel pleasant and good, like it's very easy for you to calm down and open up basically mm-hmm. like your cervix will open up. Right. But when you're feeling like scared or threatened, your sphincter will close and you can, you know, stop laboring and people, animals do it in the wild right. An animal will be birthing. And then if they're in danger, they can stop labor and run away. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, so so it's the same. I mean, yeah. in my opinion, it's oh, the same. Oh, I, I agree 100 And I'm speaking for probably any man listening. There's a definite, I don't know if it's a female trait as well, but like every man has had stage fright. We go up to the urinal and there's like people around. <laughs> and you just, yeah. You have had to, even if you've like, you know, it was like an emergency, you had to pee so bad, get into the bathroom, you just can't. And I've sat there for like, minutes and i'm like oh they know like they know (laughs) (laughs) we have we have that happen in the er too like a trauma patient will be like i really have to go and then there's like freaking 10 plus people in the room they're like no i can't do it oh no yeah isn't that crazy (laughs) yes oh it's so crazy so um because i was afraid of that happening again i had like told them like nobody bother me basically Mm -hmm. like my midwife can come back and check my vitals and check baby intermittently but and my photographer was allowed to sneak she was allowed to be super sneaky (laughs) but she wasn't allowed to talk to me um she was a girlfriend of mine so that Mm -hmm. was nice too because it wasn't like a stranger and it was like hello here's my butt immediately you know what i mean (laughs) um (laughs) so my midwife would check me intermittently and i just labored back here with luke for a while and it was like so nice 
it was so nice um very chill and just like i remember in my head talking to baby and being like i am going to do my best to open up for you to be born and so i need you to do your best to move down so you can be born and um i made an effort like a conscious effort to be vocal right away Mm -hmm. because being vocal can really help um with pain management. Mm. So I just, you know, made like low, like guttural noises as they came out naturally when I was laboring and uh, just labored back here for a while. And then I wanted to be outside while I labored. I just like really thought it would be cool to be outside. So I went into my backyard and we all like hung out and walked around and I like labored in the grass some, um, which sounds weird, but I thought it was really cool. No, it sounds nice. Was, and this was in the springtime though, right? Uh, he was born in May, so okay. yeah, right? So it was probably pretty was nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was really why? nice. And um, I felt most comfortable laboring on all fours, so like hands and knees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could just kind of like lean up on some pillows and like rock around as needed. Uh, so whenever I'd have a contraction, I would get into that position. So like I was in the backyard on all fours, which probably looked very weird <laughs> to the neighbors. But I have a fenced-in backyard, so if they were looking, that's their own fault. Right. Um, so I come back in and I'm like joking with everybody and I'm like, okay, I, I'm feeling like this is real and I'm probably not going to shy away from giving birth anymore. But I kept joking that like, maybe I'm not in labor because it's like not that bad. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I can do, I can do this. Like I'm doing this and it's nothing. So maybe I'm not in labor. Um, but I specifically asked to not be checked for dilation mm-hmm. because I just, thought like it might be discouraging yeah. to be be laboring and then find out oh you're at a two and right. I would be doing it for like seven hours and right. be like are you yeah. freaking kidding that's me that's interesting yeah yeah I yeah, yeah I just wanted to let my body do it and just right. like fully trust my body yeah. and like do it in my space and in my body's timing so I came in I decided to get into the birthing tub um so I like got to swim around in there and that was super fun and like laboring in there uh, I would just like lean over the side when a contraction would come on and Luke would apply counter pressure to my lower back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started to overheat though, because I run very warm. Mm-hmm. I'm like someone who can't hot tub because I'll be on fire. <laughs> so I started to get so hot. So they were literally pouring like ice water into the tub, like putting cold washcloths on my forehead, trying to cool me down. And I was like, guys, this is hot. Like I'm getting out. I hate it so much. Um <laughs> And so I went back to my room and labored some more until I felt like it was getting more intense. And once it got more intense, I was like, okay, let's get back to the tub. Cause I really wanted to try to give birth in the tub Mm -hmm. because I've heard that, um, it's less painful, like that the being in water is less painful. I would imagine. And so is there a specific heat like requirement? It can't be above a certain point for the bathtub or for the tub. I have literally no idea. (laughs) We just like cranked the water furnace and then hooked it up and ran it like a tap to the, Mm -hmm. like a hose from the tap to the tub and like just did it till I felt comfortable, you know? Yeah. Like, like a bath. Right. Yeah, I'm sure it was fine. I think there are, at least we learned in in PT school, uh, there's like a max temperature in during pregnancy, but I don't know. I mean... Who knows how 
I don't know. Well, for, for, I don't know like the exact temperature, for, but from my understanding, as long as you are comfortable exactly. in it, right. it's exactly. safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, this is really hot, then like it's probably too hot. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that the water was hot. It was that I was hot. Yeah. Like, I get you're kind very of warm. So, you, I mean, I was laboring. So big surprise, I was getting hot. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> So I decide to get back into the tub um, and I just feel like stuff's really progressing. So I'm laboring and um, yeah, I, I, I'm like doing really, really well. Like everybody's like talking to me or leaving me be, but I'm like joking in between contractions and then it starts to get a little bit harder. Um, like where I notice, like, Oh, like I'm struggling a little bit on my own. So I told my uh, midwife, midwife assistant, that I was having a hard time and she's like, okay, what can I do to help? And I said, I just want you to like talk to me. So she got down on like her knees and sat on the side of the tub and held my hands and like looked me in the eyes and Mm -hmm. talked to me and just was like very sweet and was just like, like baby's almost here. Like you're strong. Like you can do this. You're doing really, really great. Just like very encouraging words. And, uh, I asked, I started to feel like it was getting pretty close because I started to feel like a little bit of an urge to push. And so I let them know like, Hey, I think, um, I need to push. So I had them go get my son because I wanted him to be present just for the actual birth, but mm-hmm. not for like the laboring part. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it's a really good transition when your child, like child is young where they don't understand a sibling being born mm-hmm. to see baby be born because mm-hmm. then they're like, Oh, that baby's ours. Not like you bought that baby at the store and brought it home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, we wanted him to be there and it was actually so awesome, but yeah, I started to feel urge to push. So I started to push and, um, when I was pushing my water finally broke. And it was so crazy because I could feel him moving down. I remember looking at everybody and saying, like, I feel baby moving down the birth canal, Mm -hmm. which sounds so strange, but also such a cool, like, thing that you can, like, feel your body doing that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, water broke, and I reached down to, like, feel baby's head because I wanted to Mm -hmm. and uh, pushed only for five minutes this time, and baby was born. And I just, like, pulled him up out of the water into my chest. And it was crazy. And and I was literally like, what? Because I never got to that point where I was like having such a hard time that I was screaming. Yeah. Like I remember with my first, there was like a, I honestly, it was probably transition. There's this part of labor called transition where, Mm -hmm. um, instinctually a lot of women go almost insane because you're handling so much pain Mm -hmm. That usually you can in a woman's eyes when she goes for transition because her eyes will go wild. Like, like yeah. you'll be like, oh, something horrible is happening to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't remember that happening because I mm. kept waiting for like what I called the hard part where I was going to scream and die. Yeah. And I never did. He was just born. And I was like in shock. I was in shock. I pulled him up to my chest and we sat back in the tub and I forgot to look what the gender was again. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> we just like hung out with baby for a little. And then I checked and it was another boy. So we were super jazzed about that. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was just like, it was my dream birth. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. honestly, I, the birth was so pleasant 
well, as pleasant as birth can be, mm-hmm. that I'm scared to ever do it again in yeah. fear that it won't be that awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you um, think made it like so different? Do you think it was because of the environment you were in or like the positions you were able to be or in? Or having a, a previous birth? Yeah. Both like... I think there's so many things. Like, so I think one big factor probably was the fact that my water didn't break. Oh, yeah. Because... I was going to that. Um, so this is so interesting to me because I always said I would love to have my water not break because babies obviously in a sack of water. And then when you have a contraction, that sack of water, or if your water is broken, baby's head slams down into your cervix. Mm -hmm. So if your waters are broken, it's baby's head against your cervix. If waters are not broken, it's a cushy sack of water Mm -hmm. with a little bit of pressure from the head, of course, Mm -hmm. hitting the cervix. So my theory is partially that, that my waters were intact until he was born, which was so awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just, I just really trusted my body. I think making the noises the whole time really helped Mm -hmm. because I just like was breathing baby down, like consciously the whole time, like Mm -hmm. attempting to breathe baby down with my noises and like working together with baby versus fighting my body mm-hmm. and um, the vibes for sure. I, I mean, it has to have been because I never had to fight with anybody. Mm-hmm. I never had to like, like be like, here's why I want to do this while yeah. I'm in labor. It yeah. was just like, everybody left me alone. And that's what I wanted. I wanted like even my midwives and doulas, they never had to help until that very end part mm-hmm. where I said, Hey, I could use a little help now. Cause I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. And that was for like, seven minutes, 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so so it with was the just water, like, Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Uh, with the water breaking. So I guess I'm always confused on this. So the water can break at like basically any point. Is that yeah. what it is? Okay. Yeah. Because I was thinking so, for some reason it like broke hours before the birth. Um, it can. It can. Okay. And a lot of people choose to get their waters broken. So birth progresses faster. Mm-hmm. But like, but why? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's mm-hmm. not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the water or breaking. Dude, well, I don't know. Also, You're like low key convincing me. Maybe I should do. I was, thinking, I was thinking. I was thinking in my head while this was going on. This whole podcast. I'm like, we should be taking notes. But I'm like, wait, we can just listen. This back is to really. This. this is really cool. Well, honestly, you know what? I should do an interview of my husband on my podcast yeah. about oh my like the husband's perspective. You totally. Because should. That'd be awesome. that's actually like it's in our questions actually. Um, I was going to ask. So go ahead. Well, no, you we can't. But I. But basically, like, if like when hearing him talk about it, he says like it was the best experience ever. Like he loved it at home. Yeah, he loved it. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so it's just so cool. But um, oh, one thing I want to mention before I forget. Mm-hmm. So my waters broke, and when my waters broke, my midwife said that they saw meconium in my fluids again. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. isn't that so interesting? And baby didn't aspirate. Right. Thank goodness. But it was that actually the water broke. Hmm. Yeah. So that, that means there was meconium in the fluids the whole time with both mm-hmm. babies. Mm-hmm. That actually gives me future confidence that when I go to my, if I decide to have another child, mm-hmm. if I go to my next home birth midwife, I'm going to be like, hello, I'm going to have meconium in my fluid right. and I will not be transferring. Are you okay with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and if you wonder, sorry, go, I just interrupted you. Go ahead. No, no, please. Uh, it just kind of makes you wonder. I'm sure, you know, meconium aspiration is a for sure a danger and a, and a threat and stuff. You can get lung of infections course. and all that kind of stuff. But it makes you wonder, like, are we being too careful? Are people, like, 
saying, no, your pastor do day, induce labor, you mm-hmm. know, like at, at what point are, is someone being over conservative on, on some, some medical intervention? And if you think about it too, like the U.S., we are number one in medical expenses, but we, our childbirth or child uh, birthing death rates and like baby death rates are fucking high, like compared to other countries. Like, so, you know, uh, what are we doing wrong? Is it breaking the water too soon? Is it making (laughs) the woman do it on her back? Like there's so many things like, and even like the, uh, what is it? Pitocin you said? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, this is really like mind blowing to me. Secret yeah. Pitocin, not just Pitocin. Yeah, secret Pitocin. Secret Pitocin. <laughs> Dude, that makes me so mad. Like, yeah. oh, I can't even believe it. Yeah. But, yeah, so baby was born, and then they trans- They helped me, like, move to my bed. And this was actually the most painful part, mm-hmm. for some reason, was um, standing up after baby was born because his, short- his cord was very short. Mm. So because I hadn't birthed the placenta yet, the cord um, was connected to him. So obviously the highest I could hold him was on my tummy. I couldn't even hold him like up on my chest (laughs) because cord was so short. Like the, the cord was so tight. It was like, I just gave birth. I didn't want anything pushing against my crotch. You know what I mean? Um, So we moved to the bed and they, um, I birthed placenta, the placenta, and then they gave us that golden hour again, which is the best ever. And you just nurse baby and all that. And they did all the in-home like newborn check, like right on the bed with us. Okay, like, yeah, baby was right that. there. Yeah. They weighed, they weighed baby, measured him, checked, you know, all the all the safety things they have to check, like make sure like nothing's weird on their body that they're mm-hmm. breathing right all like right. lots of intense stuff do they do like an apgar and all that kind of stuff too yeah they do everything yeah. um and so they do that and then they clean up everything and then <laughs> they leave <laughs> and then you go out into the living room and you're like did anybody give birth here today because it looks like a clean house <laughs> Damn. it's so cool um what's so funny too actually was um i had to so like before they leave they always make you pee i know that's so weird yeah i've heard that but in the hospital too like you can't like you have to pee in front of them actually in the hospital you have to poop before you can leave mm. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why um but i I remember that was really bad too. The first time I peed, that's the only time I cussed the whole time. And I was like, mother effer. (laughs) And my midwife was just like cracking up and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I got to hear you curse. And I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh. Just because I hadn't cursed during labor. But (laughs) it was was so cool. And then um, what's extra cool in my opinion about home birth midwives is they do all your um, six week postpartum care, mm-hmm. as well as baby's newborn six week care in home. So they came cool. back the day after baby was born. They came back on the third day and then they came back every week thereafter yeah. and just check everything about mom, check everything about baby. And you never have to leave. So they do never, it. You can be in your bed. You never bed. went to a hospital in the entire process of your second birth after never. Before. Yeah. Jeez, never. It was amazing there's a huge benefit to mm-hmm. that even if it's just feeling comfortable for, for comfort for you know i'm in a hospital right now i'm working a 10-week rotation and hospitals are dirty oh places. yeah and when i say dirty i don't mean like not you know not well kept i mean that it's like we try you know viral <laughs> meningitis 
and there's patients with MRSA, there's mm-hmm. patients with COVID. Yeah. I'm treating oh. patients with COVID yeah. daily. Yeah. And I was thinking too, actually last night about this. I don't know if the hospital is the best place for COVID patients to be because they can get those secondary infections right. super yeah, fucking it's easy. Nose, it's a nosencomial disease, I call it, where it's just hospital yeah. acquired. And know? that happens to so many people. Yeah. Uh, I think about well, baby my... has an underdeveloped immune system. It's brand new yeah. into this new world. And you're going to be like, here's a uh, back... Uh, antibiotic resistant staff I, I don't yeah. know like it's kind of wild to think well i always like people would be like ew you want a birth at home and i'm like ew you want a birth in a building full of dead people and diseases right. yeah. like exactly. yeah. like am i really weird or are yeah. you weird i don't you think know? it's like i mean it's i think that it's just ridiculous for people to be like oh that's weird because for hundreds of years guess where women birthed in their fucking home yeah, yeah. like also that's what then it was. Babies being born into like what's natural for them it's like your natural microbiome mm-hmm. and yep. like your family's mm-hmm. germs right. and mm-hmm. it's actually very good for yeah. their immune system oh, yeah. that's why it's important um, to have the vaginal birth they, versus a c-section they, if you can right. they say that's, yeah, yeah and if you if you have a cesarean they have what's called um goodness gracious like a no, i'm not gonna be able to think of it but, yeah, they do. They do a swab, but you, there's a certain kind of cesarean where you can like request it, where they'll do like the vaginal swab, and then they'll swab, they'll swab mm-hmm. your baby. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. Oh, I so, had that on my birth plan, which is like so weird, but I just, was, in, just case. in case. Yeah, yeah. for yeah, sure. That's, smart that's important to that's plan ahead like that. That's smart. So uh, I was wondering, what made you guys decide to do it in your home versus like a birthing center? Because for me, when I'm thinking, like I'd be a little bit scared to do it at home just in case it was like a really traumatic experience for me. Um, yeah. You know, like, and then maybe kind of, you know, being in that, almost having like a PTSD in your own home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, um, I think the thing for me is one of my, one of my, well, actually a couple of my really close friends now have home, had home births, but one of them, she wanted to have a home birth and she got transferred to a birthing center and that was actually a really bad experience. So she got transferred to a hospital and mm-hmm. had to do an emer- emergency cesarean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess my thing is, it's like, number one, I couldn't have had a, a birth birthing center with my first. Um, and I wanted to be like around like almost the least medically minded people I could mm-hmm. only because so the reason my friend got transferred from her birthing center to the hospital was because they thought she was dehydrated. They were like, you're dehydrated. You have to go get a cesarean or like something like something serious? so insane. Okay, yeah. And be- and she's a really bad advocate for herself. So as soon as she got transferred to the hospital, she like d- wouldn't dilate at all. Like nothing would dilate. And they were like, oh, you're not dilating. You have to get Pitocin. And she's like, okay, do whatever you want. I'm scared mm-hmm. of you. <laughs> So, yeah, and also, like, ugh, yeah. the traveling to the birthing center might slow things down or make it just not as a, as a comfortable experience. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, the birthing centers here, like, aren't awesome. So it, it's definitely, like, not that I wouldn't be willing to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that I've had a home birth, I'll never go back yeah. to anywhere else you just because it was so awesome. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a good place to start, like, if you're not totally comfortable doing it at home, mm-hmm. starting, like, at a birthing center. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say is you'll still have some form of intervention, for sure, and then you don't get to sleep in your own bed. <laughs> so do you so, have to stay at the birthing center? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you have to stay. Okay. I, I mean, don't Maybe dependent on, on the birthing center or something. Yeah. 
but yeah. um, they're still, they can be very nice. Like you can give birth in the tub there and, mm-hmm. or the bed and they have lots of options for you. So I definitely think like birthing center over hospital, like 500%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if but, move that way in the next like 25, 30 years. Yeah. It seems like I definitely so. more popular. Like I hear a lot more people talking about giving birth in a birthing center or at home I agree lately. Too. Yeah, for sure. In the last 10 years, for sure. I think it's probably gone up significantly um and i think it's cool i had another question what is the difference between a midwife and a doula oh so midwife is like basically the medical professional Mm -hmm. and a doula is someone who basically is like their main job is to help like emotional support kind of basically yeah so someone to it's like a birth coach so they're there to like help you through hard parts they're there to like also be your advocate Mm -hmm. if you're at the hospital so like if you choose to have a hospital birth i like think you should definitely have a doula because then you'll already have someone like on your side like let's say your husband is like my wife's in pain i'm tending to her then you have someone else there who's like hello i know exactly what they want and Mm -hmm. no you will not give that to them they did not want that and no you will (laughs) you know like you you will ask them that before you do that and don't sneak pitocin on them yeah and maybe corral people like family members being like hey no she doesn't want these people here like yes where you obviously are birthing and don't want to be the person to be like get the fuck out (laughs) right and also they're like they're there to be like helping you through the hard parts for sure i didn't actually need my doula at all (laughs) the second time Mm -hmm. i never got to a point where i felt like i needed her and then i asked my assistant midwife because i just had a really good connection with her um but so like personally i don't think i would hire a doula again for a home birth Mm-hmm. if I had like a really good midwife yeah but and I also think like for me like I'm super close with my mom and I feel like yeah she could almost serve as a doula in like the emotional sense um, she totally could especially if you like kind of coached her on what you thought would be helpful if you mm-hmm. were like mom I think it'd be helpful if you said this kind of step to me yeah and like have your mom even like learn like breathing techniques to help you through hard parts mm-hmm. or um a few like pretty important things is like when things get hard to have someone like watch your face to make sure you're not tensing up your face Mm -hmm. because if your face is tense that means you're tensing your whole body usually and they just help you relax your face which relaxes your body which you know makes it faster my second birth was three and a half hours long yeah that's so it was so fast i don't know if there's a way to know but i wonder you know like 500 600 years ago if that was the norm if, if people how fast people having, had birth you know 15 hour labors if that would have been because i hear it all the time like what is a standard labor like when people talk to me sometimes about, like people have 30 hour birth yeah, like, like insanity. i wonder if that is like but I've also heard too, like a fast birth can be kind of, uh, hard too, because like you were saying with the first birth you had, um, it seems like your body's doing these things and your mind doesn't have time to catch up and like, be like, okay. And conquer the pain. Like, okay, this is what it is. Okay. Next. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I'd always wanted fast labors over long labors because the pain gets very hard, very fast but it's over sooner. So Mm -hmm. it just kind of depends. Like, you know, like I, I'm trying to not think of some, like an analogy that's disgusting, but for some reason, all I can think of is like, if someone had to like pull your toenails off, would you want them to do it like (laughs) one an hour or would you want them to do them like all in 10 minutes? Oh God. (laughs) That sounds so terrible. (laughs) Also don't do that. But yeah. That's hilarious. uh, 
So I don't know, but even though that was three and a half hours, that was a thousand times less painful for, I don't know why it was, but it was. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was truly just like magical. I know that sounds insane, but I'm like a hundred percent team home birth now because it was awesome. Yeah. That sounds really like, and also just like the, uh, laboring part sounds nice where you can just, you know, like you said, go outside, like do whatever you want that makes you feel comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Um, so cool. So did you do a lot of like emotional prep, like, uh, in educational prep, like reading books, uh, maybe going to classes or like doing kind of, um, meditations? So, um, I've never gone to any sort of birthing class just mm-hmm. because I just never could like commit. And also they're very expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're okay. like, well, at least the ones I wanted to do were like, 400 bucks or so and my birth cost anywhere from like two thousand to four thousand dollars um so it's like i'm already paying a lot of -of out-of-pocket costs Mm -hmm. and i just was like well you're just gonna wing it so i do read a lot of books i'm a big reader as it is Mm -hmm. so i have like a a few favorites i could recommend if you are cool with that yeah yeah. we love reading i've read nine books this year (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I don't know how many I've read this year, but it's been a, been a handful. But um, my top favorite, like everybody, even people who want to give birth with epidural, I don't care. Everybody should read it. It's The Guide to Childbirth, I believe it's called. And it's by Ina May Gasket. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I've heard that one's good. Yeah. A little bit of a warning, though. It was written in, well, it was the photographs in it were taken in the 70s. And there <laughs> is photos of people in the 70s giving birth. So if that clues you in to anything, it's it's interesting. So um, be prepared for that. But the second one, dang, here, let me look. Because I can't think of the name off the top of my head for some reason right now. But I I mean, I read them. Yeah. (laughs) I want to say it's something about the Goodness gracious. You could even like text it to us and we could put it in the episode notes for if people are interested. Oh, I have it. I have it right here, actually. Sorry. Yeah, I just need a quick second. So it's called um, Active Birth and it's by Janet Belaskas, I believe. Mm -hmm. And basically that just talks a lot about like birth positions and like the way your body works and all those kinds of Mm -hmm. things. And that was just very, very cool. And then instead of like the normal like you know, the big book that everybody gets, like what to expect when you're expecting, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. Mm -hmm. I think that's super outdated. And I think if you're looking to have a more naturally minded birth, that's like not the book for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's one called the mama natural week by week guide to pregnancy and childbirth. And that was really, really cool too. So, so did you read um, these like um, while you were pregnant or did you read these like when you were trying to get pregnant? I read them all both pregnancies okay so but i would say like if if you're trying to get pregnant like why not like if you want Mm -hmm. to they're more like just information on like when you're pregnant and like how you birth Mm -hmm. if if i was going to read one ahead of time i would look at the week by week like mama natural one Mm -hmm. simply because then you can have like a jump start on like the routine tests and things like that and you can like learn like what it what you're comfortable with what you're not like what you want what you don't want that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um because there are some tests that like uh like I chose to opt out of I can't think of what it's called right now but there's excuse me there's one where they take a giant needle and they stick it through your belly (laughs) into the sac amniocentesis right 
Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to pass on that one. Yeah. If it's not medically necessary, yeah. I do not want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but then it just kind of gives you a little bit of a, an idea that mm-hmm. way you don't go for your appointment and they're like, hello, we're going to do these 7,000 things today. And you're like, what, is what are they yeah. though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just think like, it's it, like, that's such an important time to be your own advocate mm-hmm. and like know what's going to happen. Be okay with it. Like, you know, be comfortable with it like do research on things like you don't have so for example the um glucose test you don't have to drink the drink like Mm -hmm. at the hospital they'll be like you have to drink it and it's like no you do not because i have had at the hospital it's actually delicious really (laughs) yeah i had had an orange one with my first and it tastes like orange soda it was delicious um but the it's actually really bad for you (laughs) so like the ingredients are no bueno (laughs) so with my second when we did glucose tests there's a couple ways they can do it but my midwife was just like just have a good big breakfast with like carbs and healthy fats and protein and then a few hours later we'll do a blood test and that's what they did so exactly super chill yeah um but did you watch any like uh births on like youtube or anything like that Lots. I watch tons of, I specifically look for, um, like natural home births Mm -hmm. because I want to see like what I want. That way I can like envision Mm -hmm. myself there, give myself an idea of like what it looks like. And, um, I also watched a few like documentary type things. Like the business of being born is like really, really good. Um, I also watched American circumcision because I, didn't know what my babies were and I wanted to be educated on mm-hmm. circumcision before deciding that for someone. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like sh- if I think, yeah, yeah, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Basically it's genital mutilation without yep. someone's consent. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but I think like when you're bringing a person into the world that you're going to make big decisions for, you are making a huge mistake if you are not doing your due diligence and researching everything. Mm-hmm. No, being armed with the most knowledge is going to be the best. Regardless yes. of your decisions. Like exactly. Background knowledge is never a bad thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll never like give someone a hard time for choosing to do something different than me, but I will give someone a hard time for not caring enough to learn about yes. stuff mm-hmm. before they do it. I agree. Yep. And that can so... be just with anything too. Yeah, just... yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. yeah. For sure. If I think of any other, like, I think I listen to some podcasts and things like that. I can Mm -hmm. send over anything else I listen to and used. But yeah, it's just for like mental, emotional preparedness. I just kind of like talked to myself, like did like lots of like prayer type meditation type stuff. Um, And I don't know. I think it's just like trusting yourself, trusting your abilities, being like, hey, like you can do this. And if if like medically speaking, you're healthy and able to, mm-hmm. you shouldn't let anything yeah. stop you. Yeah. So just like really believing in yourself and your body and your abilities is really, really cool. For sure. And very empowering. Like crazy yeah, empowering. I bet yeah. you're like, I can do anything now. <laughs> yeah. I could just go like bench press cars probably. So. <laughs> yeah. We have a couple more questions. Yeah. We have some um, listener please. questions. So I was wondering if okay, you okay. had like big time doubters like your family or did people like your parents try to talk you out of it, you know, for fear of, of anything? Did you run into any of that? So I did with my first, but actually, thankfully, 
I tend to be like the rebellious one of my family <laughs> and uh, people aren't used or aren't surprised when I want to do something weird. Right, yeah. So when I came to them and was like, oh yeah, I'm going to have a home birth and people would like get really mad and like defensive and be- because when you do something different than someone, they often think you're saying what they did was wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not true. Uh, like, of course, that's not what I was intending for them to feel, but that's just a natural response. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to pretty much just like be very confident in my decision and be like, this is what I want. My husband and I have discussed it and we feel comfortable and we'd love your support, but we don't need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so and like communicate really like, ugly. No, no I no, mean, like I'm what I, my decision is, is says nothing about your decision. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and I kind of, I tend to be like the queen of research in my family as well. So like, even when someone would question me, I always had an answer. So it's not like they could be like, oh, well, what about this? I'd be like, oh, well, great. I'll tell you all this. And also, do you know any of this about, Mm -hmm. no, for sure. But it's also like kind of scary because then it's like, but what, tell me what you know about your like hospital birth, because I bet, you know, 4% 4% of what I know about mm-hmm. these, all these different types of births right. and you're giving me a hard time. So just right. basically, if you want to do something, know what you're talking about and then don't let anybody tell you different. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, so one of our listener questions was, what was something that you, that happened that you least expected? Oh, goodness. I'm trying. Well, I think the thing I least expected was being transferred with my first mm-hmm. I was really just thinking it would, I'd do it and it'd be easy peasy. So that was kind of crazy that like my whole um, image of what I had intended my birth to be changed, Mm -hmm. but it also gave me um, a really good mindset in the future where I was very open to any sort of change and just knew that like I wanted to do what I could to make it what I wanted. But I, I think that's such a hard one because I think that's probably it just like the being transferred. But, um, I always knew I could do it and I ended up being able to do it. So that wasn't really a surprise. That was just mm-hmm. kind of a cool thing to experience. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. What was, are there uh, listener submitted question? Uh, what was, what do you think is the biggest misconception that you run into when you bring up home birth as a topic in conversation with people? I think the biggest mix- misconception, ugh, I honestly, there's probably two honestly big ones is, Number one, a lot of people think, ew, and that tends to be men. And it actually makes me very mad because people would say to Luke, like, that's gross. You don't want to look. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're telling my husband he doesn't want to see his child be born. How about you let him decide for himself? And also, like, that's so mean. Like, it's just very insensitive. And it's Um, also just the fucking patriarchy. That's some that's disgusting. I don't understand. I do not understand you reaction. That's actually surprising to me that people react and, like that. Oh, it actually made me so annoyed, but I'm. it made me so thankful for Luke because Luke would be like, no, I like am looking forward to doing this. Like <laughs> we decided this together and I want to see my child be born. I think that's very cool what my wife's doing. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like, ew. It's like, dude, I'm like your wife gave birth so you could have a child with her like right. chill out yeah. it's ridiculous and um it's also like up to the husband or partner to decide if they want to look or not like if they want to stay at the head of the bed like fucking let them do it who cares oh you know? for sure yeah um and the second thing is people i think a lot of people think that it's weird and dirty yeah. 
So mm-hmm. just like if people are uneducated on it, they think it's like going to be gross. Uh, but in all honesty, your house is probably more clean than the hospital yeah. is for like a birthing environment. And also, if you have a hired birth team, your house is going to look beautiful. And they even do laundry before they leave. So <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I like I I guess I wish that I would have known when I was younger before I went to school. I just graduated in May because um, now I'm like, man, like I would love to be a midwife or a doula. Maybe I'll go I back know. to school. I don't know. <laughs> I sometimes talk about that, too, because after fo- so photographing births, I freaking mm-hmm. love it. Um, but you have to be on call, which just doesn't work with my mm-hmm. lifestyle right now. Uh, and also same with being a midwife, but mm-hmm. I talk about it like, man, maybe should I go back to school? Cause birth is so cool. And I want to be at people's birth mm-hmm. and I want to make them feel like empowered and special and like help them do it how they want. And goodness gracious, it's like the coolest thing to experience is like seeing someone bring a baby into the world. Yeah. So cool. I've never seen so. a birth. Um, my aunt is a nurse, um, in the, one of those units and I, I'm going to try to get into one and see if I can. You should. Yeah. Or even like, I don't, I don't know how much like you'd want to photograph, like do. I would love, nobody's asked me to do it. Well, actually like when I first started photography, someone did, but I was like in high school and I didn't really understand like what it was, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I, I don't know if I did not or like turned it down or what, but I think it'd be really cool. But like that might be a cool way to get your foot in the door too, mm-hmm, because yeah. I um I've been to multiple births at this point. Like I saw my stepmom give birth to one of my sisters mm-hmm. when I was really young, and that was like so cool. So I think I just was never afraid of it, and yeah. I was just like, this is dope. But that would be cool if you could get into a birth. I think you'd love it. Yeah, I think she said like students can be can go and watch or something or shadow. I don't really I don't really know how that works, but yeah. Um, yeah, definitely uh, something I would absolutely love to do. Any other questions you have? I don't think so. This has been amazing. Oh my gosh, this is like Crazy probably my favorite episode ever. This is so oh. cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. <laughs> You're so oh. good. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that you guys like enjoyed that. And thanks for letting me come and like share. Oh, and yes. I know that was like a lot of info, but no. I love birth. It's so cool. It's so empowering. And just, uh, and I like just don't do want it, so. any, well, yeah, most people do it. And I just want like any buddy, like any woman who's listening, who like wants to try to do it naturally, like do it. Like you can, you totally can. And don't like scare, like if you put the words into the world where it's like, I can't do it. Like you can't take those back. So mm-hmm. don't put the words out there. Just like believe that you can and try. You don't, I'm not saying you have to do it but try like what's mm-hmm. the harm in trying yeah so i just think you could really like miss out on like a one of the coolest experiences of your whole life if yeah. you don't even let yourself try mm-hmm. yeah so and you don't even know you missed out on it like you're talking about people probably you know that have had two to three hospital births probably just think that's the norm. yeah because my mom was telling me um her birth stories uh last weekend weekend before that and it was just terrifying <laughs> it was Aww. so scary but she had me when she was 18 and then she had my brother yeah. when she was like i don't know 20 or something um and they were both hospital and you know she was young and she was really scared like it was unplanned pregnancy with me anyways um like she said that uh she got some she went to the bathroom and like got some blood on the floor and then was on her hands and knees after she gave birth 
like cleaning up the blood when she was 18 years old because and the nurse came and was like what are you doing oh my gosh you don't have to do that but she's just like so anxiety ridden and scared and i'm like oh my god that's so sad sad. so like of course if after your birth you're thinking you need to do that like i imagine the whole birth process like was in a place yeah it was anxiety laden like (sighs) yeah that that made me really sad and i was like it's very sad yeah my mom had me when she was 18 as well and it's just it's really sad when you're young and you don't know any better. And mm-hmm. if your support, like, right, yeah. like, you don't even, have that family like, support to talk about it with you and like, be like, hey, you don't have to clean up after yourself in the yeah. hospital. Like, there's people who <laughs> oh are getting paid gosh. to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh man, so sad. But I just want to like be someone who can like help empower people to just learn, just even learn more mm-hmm. about different ways of birthing and things you can do. And that way that it can just be everything you would hope it could be, yeah. you know? That's the beauty of the podcast, too. Yours, yours for sure. And yeah. then if one person listening to this decides to have a home birth. Dude, I might have a home birth now. Like, <laughs> oh, you maybe convinced me. I'm really, I think I'm going to start reading. Like, I already listened to podcasts about home births um, just because I think it's fascinating. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like this episode, like just hearing you talk has been a l- very informative for me and me too sounds very very nice cool yeah i'm so glad and uh if you ever have any questions yet like i'm an open book i love this stuff so yeah that's so cool um yeah thank you so much for coming on this is just fantastic um all you listeners make sure you check out her podcast and i also feel like rachel your voice is like so soothing when (laughs) yeah yeah oh my gosh that's so nice i was like i listened to your first episode and immediately like oh my gosh rachel's voice is so soothing (laughs) oh my gosh that's so nice you know like no joke when at in moscow i people used to make fun of my voice in high school People are freaking Isn't that brutal. so random? And I'm like, my voice? Like, who cares about my voice? So that's so funny because whenever people say that, like, oh, I like your voice, I'm like, what? People like my voice? <laughs> Maybe people are just so actually nice. envious of yeah, it. And <laughs> we're just taking it out <laughs> bad or something. Oh, high school. Yeah. Oh, well. Right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So any, any other questions? Did I touch on the Luke thing enough? Was that helpful yeah i think so and okay dude you should totally have him on your podcast yeah, because be i would love to listen to I that listen for sure I'd like to yes i would love to do that yeah and my well my actually my co-host she's had two home births out of three as well mm. so i bet we could do like both our husbands yeah, and see what they really thought because yeah, i bet go. that would be so cool two different perspectives you know a lot and very different types of men so that would be interesting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Yeah. And yeah, I'm so excited to just keep listening to you guys. And thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Enjoy Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Talk to you. Thanks. Later. Bye. Bye, guys. Whoa, that was awesome. What do you think? It was great. Loved it. Are you down to have a baby now? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We're mulling over worlds and you're claiming that you're busy Saying you got a lot on your mind If your blood was on the line You might be inclined to save your skin If you seem a little helpless We're growing older and we can't be blamed for being selfish Every day's a plot in disguise By a man in the sky